It's great to be here. Hey, um, I want to talk about something uh, a bit uh, maybe unusual today. I want to talk about um, the theme of wonder. Because I feel like the last few years, kind of, we got a bit cynical and jaded, and uh, I feel like one of the things God wants to do is restore something that's kind of a bit innocent and fresh back in our lives. Because I don't know about you, even just, even not just the last few years, like the last five or so, things have got really a bit kind of divided and nasty, and uh, no one's like, oh, I slightly disagree. It's like, that's disgusting, and so much division, so much just kind of, I don't know, it's just, it's just harsh. And then, you know, the last couple of years with COVID kind of taking a toll on people. Um, uh, In April, just before we went to the UK, there was, I saw an article came out, it said this, I don't know if things are still the same now, but I'll see. It says this, why Kiwis are fed up with everything right now? I don't know if that summarizes your life, but this is what it said. Kiwis are fed up with everything right now. The COVID pandemic is stretching into its third year. Tempers are frayed. We're all out of empathy, and experts say that, frankly, it's not surprising. So it goes on to say this. Experts say that after two years of being told to be kind, Kiwis reserves have run dry, leaving us fed up, burnt out, and thoroughly sick of each other. Do I get an amen? No, okay. No, don't, no, don't, don't say that. Okay. It says this, with the stress of seemingly endless pandemics now compounded by rising costs of living, threats of a housing crash, worries about the Ukraine war, New Zealanders are all out of cope. And they quote the um, clinical psychologist Dougal Sutherland, who's part of our, our Wellington church and spoke at Shout, says this, he agrees that right now New Zealanders seem to hate everything. Awkward silence. He says that our hair-trigger tempers and simmering resentment are understandable, though perhaps not admirable. And there's a direct quote. He says this, Usually in life we have a bit of a break, but with this intense chronic stress, our anger and irritability levels have sat up there. Even the small things brass us off. And and in the article they quote this employer, so they give him a fake name because he's like, he's like, my clients and my staff can't know what I really think, otherwise they're going to be too upset. So it's like Luke says that the thing that most upsets him this, these days is other people. They don't have to be doing too much to annoy him. Walking too slow, talking too loud, or simply being alive. Is that right? I don't know if we're still in that zone, but um, there's a bit of that that's true. And in contrast to that, Jesus is famous for saying this in Matthew 18, 3. Truly I tell you, unless you become change and become like little children, you will never see the kingdom of heaven. And there's a lot of things we could talk about what a childlike faith and a childlike approach to life is. But I think that one of the things is just the sense of wonder at life. So uh, we've got three grandchildren, and um, we've got two little ones who uh, live in Christchurch, and they were born during COVID and the lockdowns, so we weren't able to travel, we weren't able to see them very much, and so it's kind of like, we really want them to know us as their grandparents. So we've tried FaceTime and whatever, but they're like two and one. So I came up with this idea, oh, we could make a video for them, and like, they're two in one, so it's like a 30-second video, you know, they're not going to watch an hour or something, but, so we made this video for the two-year-old, her her name's Nora, so we're like, hello, Nora, how are you, and you can count to three, can't you, one, two, three, and you like going down the slide, don't you, and um, and her mum, our our daughter-in-law said, oh, she really likes watching the video, she's watched it a few times, and she sent us a photo of her watching the video, and she's like this, she's like 
Like, there's these people that know me, and they know what I like, and they know, and they know what I can do. And, and I feel like that's part, well, here's the, I wonder when was the last time you were like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. That's wonderful. I suspect not a lot in the last few years. The meaning of wonder is this, a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. Wonderful means inspiring delight, pleasure, or admiration, extremely good, marvelous. I wonder when the last time you felt like, man, that is just so good. That's incredible. That's unbelievable. That's wonderful. Because I think that that's something that God wants to bring back to us. If we're a bit tired and jaded. And so you can think, I, wa- I wonder what God wants us to be in wonder about. And you can go, well, theologically, we should be in wonder at who he is, his character and his bigness. You know, omnipotent, all those omni words. Um, and, so, and it's like... Um, Ah, yeah, we should be in wonder at the character and the being of God. That's true, tick that. Or we should be in wonder at creation, the galaxies, the stars, the mountains, the whales. Yeah, we should be in wonder at that. But I want to talk about something today that's different. And and when I say it, you're probably going to be incredibly underwhelmed. Like, really? Like, this is candy floss Christianity. This is like Christianity light. Aren't you supposed to be the Bible guy? Like, this is rubbish. But I want to show you that it's deeply biblical, and and it's this. I think that, well, I know that the thing in the Bible that God wants us to be in wonder of is this, how much you matter to God, how special he thinks you are, how much he's invested in your life. That's the thing that we're supposed to go, oh my goodness, that's incredible. Like, it can't be... It can't be that good. Like life can't, it, that can't be true. And, and I want to say it is true. And so I want to look at a, a passage today. I haven't kind of got points. I just kind of want to wander through it. So a famous passage, Psalm 139, um, Reflections of David. And I just want to kind of wander through it and unpack it a bit. So he says this, you have searched me, Lord. What does that mean? It means, God, you've searched out every part of my heart. You know what makes me happy. You know what makes me sad. You know what makes me excited. You know environments where I feel anxious or afraid or nervous. And more than that, you know where that comes from. I don't know why this kind of environment pushes these buttons for me. God's like, I know. I've ser- I, I, I know that's in your heart, and I even know where that comes from. Like, and, and because of that, the conclusion, like, you know me. Like, God, you know everything about me. Like, you know me. Like, if you're married, it's like, I don't know why she's crying. God's like, I know why she's crying. <laughs> or you're like, I don't know why he withdraws and goes in his cave. God's like, I know why he does that. I know what's pushed the buttons. I know what's going on in their hearts. I've searched out every part of your heart, even when you're like, I don't know why I'm crying. God's like, yeah, I know what's going on. And I know where that's coming from. I don't know why this environment gets me so so passionate and excited. God's like, yeah, I, I know what that does in your heart. I know about that. I don't know, I don't know why this this environment, I'm so, I'm so nervous around people or afraid or why it pushes my buttons. God's like, yeah, I know where that's coming from. I, I know you. 
Like, God, you know me. And, and so even the little things, verse 2, you know when I sit and when I rise. It's like just when I'm a bit restless and getting up, wandering around, God's like, I know what you're feeling. Even when I'm a bit tired and I sit down, just feel a bit overwhelmed, God's like, I know what's going on. I know you. I know, I've searched out everything. I know you. And, and then a bit more, oh, and you perceive my thoughts from afar. He, like, he knows what we're thinking. And even when, like, I haven't, I don't know why I'm thinking. I don't know why I'm feeling like this. God's like, I know. Before you've been able to put those feelings into some words, I know what's going on. I know what you're thinking. And then if you go on a verse you discern my going out and my lying down. The bigger kind of things like, what, like, why did they go for a walk? God knows, oh, they're just feeling, I know you're feeling about housebound, you're feeling about restless, you're feeling about anxious, you just needed to get out. I know that you're feeling about isolated and you need to connect with some people. You're at a party and looking around, where's that person gone? Like, God's like, I know that they just needed to go home. I know they're feeling about, I knew you were feeling about overwhelmed. I, I know you. Like, I know, I know everything about you. And, and, it, and it, I, I love this, you are familiar with all my ways. Like, we have learned a way of doing life. We have learned a way of coping. And God's like, I know the way that you do life. I know how you act when you're feeling overwhelmed. I know that you're kind of bristly and angry, but behind it, that's just a tool to push people away. I know that's how you cope with people. It's not that helpful, but I, I know what you do, why you do it, and where that came from. I know every way that you do life. I know what you do to feel at peace. I know what you do to feel happy. I know what you do when you're afraid. I know what you do when you're angry. You've learned a way of doing life, and I know all the ways of how you work, even when it does your spouse's head in or your parents or your kids' heads in, even when it does your own head in, I, I know how you do life. Like, I know you. I know everything about you. You know, verse four, before a word is on my tongue, you Lord know it completely. Like I said, even before when like, why are you crying? I don't know. And Even before you've been able to kind of put it together, God knows what you're going to say when you finally work it out because he already knows what's going in your heart and he knows what you're feeling and he knows so what you're eventually going to say when you eventually work it out. Like, you know everything about me. Verse five is like, you hem me in behind and before like, God, because you're all around me. You know what happened yesterday that's made me wake up today feeling happy. You know what happened yesterday or Friday at work that's made me a bit anxious about this coming week. Uh, you know what's coming up next week that you know how I'm feeling now. Like, you're all around me, God. You to you're totally this. And so I love the second part of verse 5, and you lay your hand upon me. And, it, and it's like, it's like that, hey, bro, I'm here. I'm here. It's okay. You're not doing this alone. I'm, it's this reassuring presence like, I know everything that's going on in you, and hey, I'm here with you. You're not alone in this. And it's a hand of kind of reassurance, and it's a hand of comfort. It's also a hand of kind of guidance. Hey, but so I know, I know how you would traditionally cope with this, but kind of go try this instead. It's going to be more successful for you. 
He kind of, and a hand of impartation of his strength and his encouragement. And God's like, I'm totally involved in your life. I've committed to being involved in the day-to-day affairs of your life. And, and so that's when you get down to verse 6, which was why I say this is biblical. That's what he says. Such knowledge is what? Too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Like, I can barely get my head around this. This is the thing that's too wonderful. Can you get it? Like, how much God is involved in my life. This is the thing that's supposed to be jaw-dropping. Like, oh my goodness. That's incredible. That's kind of unbelievable. You know, you know everything about me. Um, The word wonderful in Hebrew there indicates an event that a person judging by the customary and the expected finds extraordinary, impossible, even wonderful. I love the message translation of verse 5. It says this, I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. It's like, this is the thing that is reassuringly wonderful. If you go down later on the psalm, he, he picks up this theme again. Verse 13 says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm going to show you. I, I struggle to, under, to fully get what the why of this, but four or five times in Scripture, they'll go back to this foundation. God, you put me together in my mother's womb. But here's the thing. The first part of the psalm is like, God, you're, you're all around me. You know everything about me. But then he takes it to another level because it's not just like, God, you're, you're here now. It's like, God, you've always been there. And you've been there since, and they'll go back to this. You, were, you put me together in my mother's womb. You've been there. You, you not only saw my current way of doing life and my struggles, like you saw me before life happened, before I put up the walls, before I backed off. You put together the real me as I was supposed to be. Like that's my ultimate source. Before I got hurt, before I withdrew, before I learned to be angry with people, God, you knit me together. And, 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 you know, and yeah, and physically you knit me together. So, yeah, and the world says you're too skinny or too fat or too tall or too short. No, God, you made me. But I think it's more than just physically. It's like, God, you knit together my personality, my strength. Like, you, you put that all together. The world might say, oh, you're just too loud and you're annoying. God's like, no, I made you the social person who injects energy into your world. Oh, you're too quiet and withdrawn. God's like, no, I made you the person that brings depth to relationship. Oh, you're a boring, detailed person. God's like, no, I made you to manage the kind of details of life. Oh, you're just the dreamer. No, I made you to dream dreams and see visions. I knit you together. I put everything together about you. And, and, And you did that right back in my mother's womb. And there's something about this callback, like the place of kind of innocence and possibility and potential. God, you've been there since that moment. And, and maybe I had, have had glimpses of that. Just, 
in the worship time, I felt like some of you have forgotten moments that you had as a child when you, when you knew you'd come alive. This was your thing. This is how you operate. But the world criticizes us and people say things. And I pray today part of what we do is we, we weigh in the balance some thoughts and self-talk and things that people have said. And in the light of this, you go, uh, there's a famous verse in Daniel that says, it's been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Things that you believe, lies that you believed all your life, when you look at it again now, you go, actually, I'm not going to live my life in light of that thing that that person said. Because actually, I'm going to recover God made me. God put me together. God gave me my strengths. God shaped my personality. I'm not going to be defined by what other people say about that. And so verse 14 of this, he repeats it again. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says this, your works are wonderful. He's not talking about the stars. He's not talking about the mountains. He's not talking about the whales. He's talking about you. He's talking about when you look in them, and you're going to laugh nervously because Kiwi culture has got an issue with this, but he's talking about when you look in the mirror, you go, God, you made something wonderful when you made me. We can't handle that, can we, in New Zealand culture? Here's the issue. That's biblical, though. So if we don't like it, guess who needs to shift? We need to break out of something and go, God, your works are wonderful. Oh, you're just going to get a big head, are you? No, don't, don't buy into that cultural tall poppy stuff. A biblical view is you, God's work in you is wonderful. And, and, and he, the conclusion is this. And I, I actually feel like this is this verse that none of us, including me, could actually say hand on heart that we believe this. I know that full well. There's not a hint of little insecurity. There's not a hint of self-doubt. There's not a hint I'm not good enough. I'm not special. I'm not important enough. I'm not adequate. Because a biblical view goes, I fully know that when God made me, the cliche, you know, he broke the mold. When God made you, he made something wonderful. I feel like that cliche, like, don't argue with me. It's in the Bible. And so if our cultural mindset reacts against that, guess what needs to shift? Now it goes on in verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together. God wove something unique together when he made you. And, and then I love verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body, this, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. It's like, God, you are, you are here now and you know everything about me. But you've always been there right back when I was made in my mother's womb. You were there and you knew me. But God, then you've been with me every day of my life. You saw the highs when I was so excited and passionate, when a dream grabbed my heart, when I fell in love. You've seen the lows when I was heartbroken, when I was disappointed, when I was shamed, when I was hurt. God, you've been there each day and you've decided that in the midst of all of that, you're just gonna journey with me. And he's like, I'm gonna be here and I, and I made you to be something and I wanna take you to be that person still. And what's been robbed of you, I wanna restore it and I wanna move in your life because I made you for a purpose. 
and, and I'm going to be there every day of your life. Again, the uh, word wonderful in Hebrew here is to be marvelous, to be wonderful, to be surpassing, to be extraordinary, to separate by distinguishing action, to be beyond one's power, to be difficult to do, to be difficult to understand, to be extraordinary, to be wonderful. This is what is wonderful. How much God is involved in my life. Today, every day, and right from the beginning. It's hard to believe. It's like, oh my goodness, could this be true? If you think, okay, that's one nice passage, let me show you that this is a common biblical thought. Jeremiah 1, the call of Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to me. Notice where he goes. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Even now, it's not even when you were there, before I formed you. You might, you're, you might have heard that you're an accident, that you're a mistake. God's like, no, no, I knew that you were going to be conceived. I knew that you were coming, and I formed you. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. I formed you there. I made you. You're special to me. And, and Jeremiah knew that, and he says, and before you were born, I set you apart. There was a, God, there was a purpose for my life. And so you wove me together because you, you had a dream of what my life would be. You gave me strengths, if it's strategic or if it's empathy or if it's people-centered or task-centered. Like, you had a dream for my life. And so you put me together uniquely. Message translation again says this, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Now for Jeremiah, it was to be a prophet, but God had plans for you before he formed you. He set you apart for something and he created you to be able to fulfill it. New Testament example, Galatians 1, the apostle Paul. I love this this verse where he unpacks it, it says this, but when God, who notice where they, they all go to this place, it kind of, I'm still trying to figure out the depth of why, but it says this, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. So there was a moment when Paul had an encounter with Jesus. He talks about it a number of times. It was this incredible moment. But Paul doesn't mistake that for that being the moment when God got involved in his life. He's like, there was a moment, but actually God has been involved when? From my mother's womb, God has been involved. He watched me when I was being formed. He saw me as a baby. He saw me as a child. He saw me as a young man. He, he's been involved all the time. And then there came a moment when he revealed, Paul, I'm, I'm here. But he's like, but I've always been here. And it's like, for some of you, maybe it's like, God just shows you, hey, those moments as a child when you just feel so alive and full of joy, that was, you were in this space where I was smiling upon you and you found, you found who you were meant to be. You know, and I, I love it. Then, you know, he, he was pleased to reveal his son in me. Yeah, there's a moment where Paul became aware of this relationship. But then he has to go back and reread his whole history and go, oh, but you were always there, God. You've been with me all this time. I've just become aware of it now. Maybe for some of you, even today, you're like, oh, man, the sense 
God, you're real and you've always been there? Like, that's amazing. The, um, and, and so then Paul responds to that moment when, when it's like, oh yeah, now you're calling me and you're calling me by your grace. And, and what, Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross enables me to actually become the person that I was created to be. But it's not just this random tack-on of religion at a certain point in his life. It's going back to an integration. God, you've always been involved in my life. Now, I love the conclusion of Psalm 139, this section. Verse 17 just says this. How precious or how amazing are your thoughts concerning me, God. This. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. You might feel like no one knows, no one cares. Again, David is like, I can't count how much God is thinking about me. Oh, I know, I know how you're feeling. I know what happened yesterday, and I know what that tapped into you, but I'm just going to arrange that. This, they're going to sing the song on Sunday. It has a particular lyric that's going to speak to you, or uh, you know, it's not even his intention, but I'll get the speaker to just say this one sentence that addresses that. And, or I, I, you know, I know, uh, I know what's going to happen on Monday, so I want you to, I'm going to arrange that this person bumps into you that just encourages you, and, and you're going to bump into someone else. It's like God is constantly thinking about you, and you couldn't count how much he's thinking about you. And, and the, the conclusion, yeah, they would outnumber the grains of sand. The conclusion sounds a bit weird. When I awake, I'm still with you. What's he saying? He's like, even when you went to sleep last night, God kept thinking about you. He's been up all night thinking about you. Thinking about what you could do and how he could bless you and how you could step into things and how, what he could arrange and, 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 and what you're going to do next week and what you're going to do next year and how he wants to get you free from stuff that happened. And it's like, are you serious? David's like, yeah, this is what I learned that was too wonderful to almost believe. You know, and I love um, David has this kind of reflection on this that leads him to this moment of wonder. And Psalm 139 is a reflection of wonder, but one of the things I want to say is, once you reflect on that and really believe in it, it leads to a prophetic sense of confidence in life. And I want to look at a passage, Isaiah 49, that's really important for equippers Church, it's where the image of the arrow comes from, that's our logo. But, but just look at it again, verse Isaiah 49 verse 1 just says this. Listen where he starts. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. He's like, I've spent my life being told by who I am. The media tells me I'm not good enough. My teachers may have said I was going to be a failure. Maybe my parents or someone said, oh, you're not like your older sister or younger brother or something. Like, people have been telling me. And I was like, now something rise up and says, man, no, no. Man, I feel God's anointing coming on this. It's like something's going to rise up and you go, no, you're going to listen to me now because I'm going to tell you who I am and who God made me to be. I'm sick of being defined by your negativity and other thoughts. You listen to me now. I'm going to tell you who God made me to be. And, And look again where he goes. They do this all the time. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. He has spoken my name. They go back to that. 
The foundation of your confidence in God is he put you together in your mother's womb. He's always been there. And again, they always add on something else. And this is like, he's spoken my name. Yeah, he, he knew your name, even before your parents named you. But more than that, he spoke your name. And when you speak someone's name, it's not information. It's a call and it's an address. Can you, you, I'm sure you couldn't put words to it, but there's this cry, there's this ache in your heart that from before you were born, God's been calling out to you, calling you to him, calling you to find connection with him, calling you to find relationship with him, calling you to find purpose with him. And this restless Ache that we've tried to satisfy with all kinds of other things is because from your mother's womb, he's been calling you by name to him. And it's like, I'm going to answer that. Like Paul, at a certain point, Paul's like, I come into that. But it's always been true. And I've always known about you. You know, if you, if you go, then verse 2 is all about, oh, what he, my life is defined by what God has been doing. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow, concealed me in his quiver. Oh, my life hasn't been defined by the ups and downs and the disappointments and hopes. Actually, behind the scenes, God has been at work in all things. If I'm willing to allow him and recognize it to make me the person that he always meant me to be. God, you've been shaping me in all of this. You've been forming me for a purpose that you had before I was born. And verse 3 is the stunning thing. Obviously, in immediate context, it applies to Jesus as the Messiah. But because we're in him, it applies to us as well. Verse 3, you are my servant. Hey, your life is defined by who I say you are, God says, and by your relationship with me. You serve me. You serve my purpose. And that's always been for your good. And it's always been what would fulfill you. Maybe I could get the keys back up would be great. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm defined by God, not by what my teacher said, not by, by that, what that boyfriend said when he ditched me, not by that person who walked out of my life. I'm defined by who God says I am, and I'm not going to let anyone rob me of that. And again, the end of verse 3 is probably, again, we would struggle to own this. Where God says this, do you know what I'm going to do in your life? If you recognize that I'm there, that I've always been there, that I've been there since before you were born, that I've been with you every day. Do you know what I'm doing in your life? I'm, I'm building something that displays my splendor. That's the jaw dropping. You can't be serious, God. You want people to look at my life and go, that's amazing. That's so good. Man, just how you know where you fit. You're not insecure. You're not trying to be someone else. You just know your gifts and your strengths and your personality, and you're happy with that, and you're really comfortable in your skin, and you just, man, that, I want that. We're like, yeah, that's what God's got for all of us. 
Paul sums it up in one verse. Ephesians 2.10, he's good at summing things up in one verse. He says this, For we are God's handiwork. In Greek, it's the word poema, from which we get in English the word poem. It's this idea of crafting something beautiful. Crafting something special. Oh, you are God's project to make something beautiful. You are God's project to make something that displays something unique. C.S. Lewis says, you know, if you look at the, the tyrants of the world, they're all boringly similar. If you look at the saints of God, they're all incredibly different because God breaks the molds. He shaped you to be something unique. We are God's handiwork or craftsmanship created in Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus came to pick up the broken pieces of his original intent and put them back together and make you the person he always meant you to be. The disappointments, the hurts would be transformed. The, the lies would fall off your life. The, you would reevaluate and you go, no, no, I lost my way there for some years. But I remember even as a kid feeling alive when I was in this space. And God, you've put that back together and I know who I am and I know where I'm on this earth and I'm really comfortable in who I am. I'm really comfortable in my skin. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That you're going to do something good in this place. Again, which God prepared in advance. God, you were there before I was formed in my mother's womb. You knit me together with my strengths, my abilities, everything. You've been there every day of my life. You surround me right now. And you have a plan to do something really good with my life. Do you see why I say... It's wonderful. Why the Bible says it's wonderful. Ah, oh, I'm not. When I trust you, God, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move towards something that's really lovely and really special.